This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome back to Inner Growth, the podcast. I'm your host, Carolina Salazar, and I'm so excited you're here today. I hope you've been watering yourself. I hope you've been taking care of yourself. I know that we are entering the winter. We're changing seasons right now, which is always a time of change. And during times of change, at least for me, I find that I have to show myself a lot of compassion because I am someone that thrives on routine and stability and all of that and during the holidays and the end of the year and the change of seasons that can be harder to access whether it means you're traveling or you're seeing family or you're just kind of trying to finish up a bunch of things before the year ends like a lot comes up during the end of the year and so I hope you're showing yourself compassion and on today's episode I am going to be getting very deep and vulnerable with you guys and I'm going to be sharing a story that has been long overdue. I've made podcast episodes about my mental health journey, my spiritual journey, and I've actually talked about my journey with food, exercise, body image healing, food freedom, and just overall healing my relationship to my body. I've done that on other podcasts and I've also talked about it on my TikTok and on my Instagram, but I haven't really gotten deep and told you guys the full story on the podcast and what I love the most about podcasting is that it's a tool that allows me to really dive deep and to really share the ins and outs of different parts of my story of my journey and so I'm excited to be talking about it today and I'm feeling ready to really dive into it and to also show you guys how nonlinear the process of healing is and also how important and magical it is and how worthwhile it is too. So just a little trigger warning before we just dive deep. I will be talking about an experience I've had or actually multiple experiences I've had with disordered eating, eating disorders, and also just like my path of healing when it comes to my body image, when it comes to food, food rules, exercise, all of that. So just a little note, if that's still a sensitive topic for you, you have the option of not listening. If at any point it gets hard to listen, also feel free to stop and to honor, you know, what feels best for you. But my intention with recording this episode today is to show you guys my journey, to share with you guys because I feel prepared to do that. And when I was healing, when I was going through, when I was in the depths and the darkest places, I felt really alone and in the beginning of my eating disorder a long time ago there weren't many people that were talking about their experiences with eating disorders with healing online and so I'm passionate about sharing my story and sharing my healing journey to hopefully show you that if you're struggling you're not alone and also if you're struggling 
there is an opportunity for you to grow from this experience. And I feel like my inner growth journey has been really tied to my relationship with myself, with my body, with food, with exercise, with how I see myself, so my body image, my self-image, and also just validation overall, which I think is very associated with our relationship to our bodies and food and our experiences, especially as women in our modern day world and society. And so we'll be talking about all of that today. And with that said, thank you so much for being here. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. If this episode helps you, if you find healing from it, if you find a feeling of compassion through it, or if you just learn something from this episode, please let me know. Please message me on Instagram, share your thoughts with me, or share this with someone who you know is struggling and who would benefit from hearing my story. So with that said, let's get growing and I will see you on the other side. So we're going to start from the beginning and the beginning of my journey with my body, with food, with all of it started five and a half years ago. So at that time, I was halfway through my senior year of high school and I was a late bloomer. So by the beginning of senior year, I was kind of coming into my body my body started to change. I was almost like having this little mini glow up because I like had braces and was kind of like in my awkward phase up until like the end of junior year. So senior year comes around, I start getting a little bit more like attention or like just interest from boys. And I wanted a boyfriend. I like wanted to impress the guys in my grade and I had been going through this pattern where a lot of guys who would kiss me or who I wanted to date and kissed didn't want to date me and then they would go and date the next person right after me. And I started to notice that a lot of the girls that they tended to end up dating were skinnier, smaller, or just like a different body type than me. And subconsciously, I think that started to get in my head and started to create this idea in my mind that smaller girls are more lovable, smaller girls are more likable or prettier, etc. There was also a lot of social media going around, right? Like we are the first generation to really grow up with social media. And so being fed all of these highly perfected images, you know, photoshopped images, facetuned images, like it really got to me, you know, and it gave me this perspective that I was supposed to look a certain way to be pretty. So that was the context. And also it didn't only involve my experience with boys and my experience with social media when it comes to how I started creating these beliefs around how it was supposed to look like. I also had gained a little bit of weight in the first half of my senior year while I was applying for colleges and just like really overwhelmed as a senior and not really overthinking or really caring about what I was eating I wasn't really working out that much and I asked a family member if I had gained weight or if I looked different and this family member did comment that I looked a little bit chubbier 
So that got in my head and started making me feel very self-conscious. And on top of all of this too, I was scared of the quote-unquote freshman 15, of getting to college, of gaining weight. And I was just like, okay, if boys... And this was my senior year selves mindset, right? I was like, okay, boys seem to like skinnier girls. I gained weight, so I probably am not looking attractive right now. And I don't want to gain weight when I get to college. So let me just reverse engineer this whole thing and lose 15 pounds so that when I get to college, if I gain weight, whatever, I'll be even. And that was a really bad mindset to go into anything with first of all, but that was the mindset I had at the time. I was 17, I think. So it was a long time ago. And that was kind of the context that was kind of playing out in my life. And so what ended up happening was I ended up going down this path of very, very, very deep restriction. So I ended up cutting out all carbs, basically all sugar, And I started going to the gym to work out very excessively. So I would go to the gym every single day and I would do elliptical, so like heavy cardio for at least an hour. And then I would probably do a little bit more exercise after that. And I was going to the gym during dinner time. So I was missing dinner with my family. I was very intense with my food rules. I was very scared of carbs. And that kind of started to snowball. So in the beginning, I started to lose a little bit of weight and the issue was that people started to comment on it so i started getting comments on my instagram and even to my face oh my gosh you lost weight you look so great what are you doing or comments on my instagram like skinny mini sexy mommy hottie whatever like comments like that comments that i was not getting before and so i started obviously getting really afraid of gaining weight back because I was like, okay, if I'm getting all this validation, if people are saying that I'm pretty right now, clearly I didn't look good before, and clearly if I gain weight, people are going to notice, and that's not good. And so there was this desire of continuing to receive validation, and also of denial. Like, I didn't think there was anything wrong. I thought I was doing everything right. I was clearly getting compliments for it, so in my mind, I was like, there's nothing wrong here. But over time, my family started to notice that... I was struggling and I wasn't in a very great place. They started to notice how my habits weren't the most positive ones, how I was missing out on family time, how emotionally intense I was around the topic of food. And I was really undernourished. So I was also moodier. I wasn't the nicest. I wasn't my best self. So there was concern for my family after around five months of this starting. And this was around January of 2020. 17 so kind of a while ago and that was kind of the whole situation for a little while and as I said at first it seemed like there was nothing wrong but the thing was that I didn't go into this with a clear goal okay once I get to this weight or whatever I'm great I'm good I just kept on going and I was really scared of stopping what I was doing because I was scared of gaining weight back and not receiving validation anymore And also, I grew up in a Latina family where it's very, very common and almost like accepted to comment on other people's weights, whether it's another family member, whether it's a parent, a child, a sibling, or even someone famous, like someone on TV or whatever, commenting, oh my gosh, did you see X, Y, and Z, like gained weight, or they're chubbier, or they lost weight, and they look so great and so pretty. 
And so there was an element of these beliefs that were ingrained in my brain because of my upbringing. So as you can see, I was kind of in this spot where I had lost this weight. I was not doing it in a healthy way because it wasn't a sustainable routine. They weren't sustainable habits and they were slowly but surely affecting my relationships with my family, my overall happiness, and also my belief about my worth. I really started to have this belief that my worth was tied to my appearance and that you know people judged and that people, even if they were giving me comments, that probably would mean that they would judge me if I gained weight back. And so that was me going into the summer, the year between my senior year of high school and my first year of college, so my freshman year. So going into that summer, I continued losing weight and my parents started to get worried. And so they made me see a personal trainer going into my freshman year of college. And when this personal trainer first met me, they were like, it was a couple. They were like, oh, you know, you're so healthy. You're working out, you're eating healthy, la la la. But then they actually weighed me on this scale that shows you the percentage of fat in your body versus the percentage of muscle. And when they looked at that scale, they one saw how actually underweight I was. And they also were like, we have not seen this percentage of body fat in most people. This is the equivalent of the amount of body fat as like a bodybuilder. AKA I was extremely undernourished and not in a good spot. And so when they did that, they realized, okay, this isn't the best, like you should gain some weight back, but they didn't give me guidance. They didn't give me and my parents guidance. I was still in denial. So I told my parents, when I get to college, it's gonna be fine. I'm gonna eat more, don't worry. Well, that was not my intention. It was not what I was planning to do. So I got to college and I was under no supervision. I continued with the same habits and things kind of started getting worse from there. So as a freshman, I was, you know, going out and then I was also navigating being in a new space. So my stress was really high. I was learning to take care of myself on my own in college. So that was a new experience. And all of that stress coupled with starting birth control at that time, because I had lost my period and I was trying to gain it back in quotations, which is not how it works. I was just trying to put a band-aid on the problem that I had lost my period because I was so underweight. All of that together started resulting in me being very, very like sensitive to bruises. Like if I hit my arm, I would get bruised. Or if I went out and I drank, I would get drunker than I would want because I was so underweight. And I also was experiencing a lot of hair loss. Like my hair was falling out a lot in the shower and I was just kind of brushing it off until it got to a point where it was very obvious that it was not okay. Like my hair had fallen out so much and I got back home around Thanksgiving time. And I remember there was this moment where I was in the bathroom and my parents happened to be there. I don't remember why, but I looked at myself in the mirror and I started crying and I said, I don't notice myself anymore. I don't notice myself anymore. I need help. And my parents hugged me and that was a really big moment. And it's funny because we just had Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving time always reminds me of that time. And it's also always like a marking moment of sorts 
through this entire journey. So like every Thanksgiving from that year onwards marked a different stage of my healing. But that was the first moment that I admitted to myself that things were not okay and I got out of that denial. And I'm a pretty strong-willed person, so when I made up my mind that I was ready to receive help and that I was ready to get better and to heal, I committed to it. So that same week, my parents brought in a nutritionist to see me, and it's kind of insane because he knew I was struggling with an eating disorder, but then he told me to do food combining, which as you guys probably know, but in case you don't, food combining is basically not eating certain food groups together. So it's like you can't eat carbs with proteins, you can't mix proteins and fats, like there's all these rules. So for someone with an eating disorder, it wasn't the wisest decision from this nutritionist, but he did give me a really good plan for eating so that I would gain the weight back. And so that was actually helpful and I am grateful he did that. And he also gave me this little exercise to do where I would lie in bed before sleeping and I would cross both of my arms almost to like cross over both sides of my brain and I would say an affirmation. I would say, I am worthy of eating. I deserve to eat. Things like that. And little did I know, I was rewiring my subconscious mind and helping me, you know, get rid of some of these beliefs I had around food and my worthiness of eating. But that was what I was doing. And so I started my recovery then, but that was more so my weight recovery. So I started gaining the weight back. I got past that underweight moment where I was incredibly, incredibly undernourished. And I started eating again. I wasn't restricting carbs anymore. But that didn't mean I was recovered at all. Because I didn't do the healing emotionally and mentally. I didn't go see a therapist. I didn't do that inner work. So even though I gained the weight back, that didn't mean that I was healed or in a better place, really. And so come my sophomore year, I had regained you know, a healthy weight. But I still was in this kind of iffy relationship with food and exercise. I still felt a lot of guilt. I still was working out out of guilt. And I also started smoking a little bit more weed at the time. And then I would have late night sessions where I would end up eating a lot. And when that happened, I would end up overeating. And then the next day I would wake up and I would feel horrible and I would feel so much shame. I would feel so much guilt. And then I would go and work out and try to relieve that guilt by quote unquote sweating it off. And later on, when I started to learn more about eating disorders, disordered eating, and just educating myself through my holistic health coaching program, I eventually kind of put two and two together and I realized that that was actually binge eating. Like the experience that I was having because I was eating at a time that I normally didn't eat and I was eating higher quantities of food that I normally wouldn't eat when I would be in my normal day-to-day. And the thing is that there's nothing wrong in my eyes with smoking weed and the thing is that I was just doing it too often and I was repeating this cycle way too often and I was constantly in this shame-guilt spiral And that was really negative. That wasn't helping me. And that was continuing my disordered relationship with food and with exercise and with my own body. And so that was kind of my experience for a lot of my sophomore year and into halfway through my junior year. So that was kind of a pattern that continued for a while. And I 
did it in hiding. Like the thing with that experience was that it was really, really not visible. Most people wouldn't know that that was going on or that that was my relationship with food and my body. Like it was just not something that was public or just that was seen by other people. And so it was a very, very internal struggle for me. And it was something I carried a lot of difficult emotions around, like this guilt and this shame that I'm talking about. And so come junior year, I was recruiting for jobs. I was very, very stressed. I was still struggling with this pattern. I was trying to numb myself. I was trying to avoid my stress. And I just kept on going down this opposite spiral, right? So the first half of my journey was more so this restriction that I was talking about. Then it went into this like guilt, bingy, like overeating pattern and that coupled with the stress of recruiting coupled with the stress of I was about to go abroad and there was a lot of change that was about to happen in my life I had a moment in the Thanksgiving of my junior year where right after that Thanksgiving I got back to campus I had a day where I was just like meltdown I was just not doing my best at all and I got real with myself and that day I just woke up and I said, I'm walking to the Center of Psychological Service today and I'm going to go see a therapist because this is accessible to me and I need it. And at this time too, like therapy was not as talked about. I think quarantine and COVID and everything really made us all more open to talking about the hard stuff, whether it's eating disorders, whether it's therapy, whether it's mental health, it's more important than ever these days. But at that time in 2019 it still was taboo and so I remember I also was really scared of going to that first therapy session but that was a really important marking moment because I started to dive into my mind and into my limiting beliefs into ways I was self-sabotaging myself into beliefs that kept me in that old place that did not serve me and so the thing is that I started seeing this therapist in November December of 2019 But I was about to go abroad in the spring of 2020 and so I only saw her for two-ish sessions and we had to stop it because they didn't offer virtual therapy at the time. So I go abroad and things kind of stay the same. They kind of got worse honestly in general with my relationship to myself and just overall. And so COVID happens, March comes around, I have to come back home. My broad program gets canceled. I hit rock bottom. I'm in a really bad place mentally. And in that moment, I decided, why don't I reach back out to this therapist and see if she would be willing to talk over Zoom or like a FaceTime or just a virtual session. And she was. And so I actually started seeing that old therapist again in the spring of 2020. And I only worked with her for around two to three months, but this was when I really dove into all of this that I just kind of went over. So the restriction, the binging, the relationship I had with myself, with food, with exercise, everything. And one thing became really clear to me, and that was that I judge myself so much and I struggled a lot with self-judgment and also judgment overall like judging food, using labels around food, thinking that food was either good or bad, and if I ate a bad food, I was a bad person. And that was the work that I really did in that first therapy setting that I was a part of, was really diving into this judgment and these labels and becoming aware 
of that was the first step and it was really powerful. And this was all happening while I was experiencing a quantum leap in my life, which I've talked about in my spiritual journey episode and in my mental health episode. But I basically started meditating. I started reading personal growth books. I started learning about my birth chart. I started diving into the world of wellness. I started journaling. I did a lot of shadow work. And I was really getting to know myself and getting real with myself during this time too. So it was really just this quantum leap overall. And I started to slowly become aware of these labels. And then if I was about to go make a meal or pick what I was going to eat, I started to notice if I carried these labels. If I said, oh no, like that's so bad or that's really unhealthy. Like if I use these words, I became more mindful of that. And that was really helpful because I just started becoming more aware of my own thoughts and the thoughts that I had around food, around the healthiness or, you know, the unhealthiness of food and just becoming aware of this morality that I carried around food. You know, food isn't good or bad, it's just food. And I started rewiring that belief in my brain. And so eventually I ended up stopping my work with this therapist. It was kind of like a temporary situation and I ended up starting to work with my new therapist. But at the time that I made that change, I didn't need as much of the mental health help with the food stuff. So the therapy work I started doing ended up becoming more focused on my communication and my relationships on other areas of my life. But that initial therapy experience I had was very, very important. Now, the thing that started to happen was during 2020, I started to struggle a lot with what's called orthorexia. And I didn't know that I was struggling with this until later in the same way that I didn't know I was struggling with binging until later until I learned the definition. And I'm gonna look up the definition of orthorexia so I can actually give you guys the most accurate definition. But orthorexia is something that isn't talked about as much. And it's actually something that's very present in the wellness world and almost normalized as a good thing. Um, But on WebMD, this is a definition. It says, orthorexia is an unhealthy focus on eating in a healthy way. Eating nutritious food is good, but if you have orthorexia, you obsess about it to a degree that can damage your overall well-being. So basically, some of the symptoms of orthorexia are worrying a lot about food quality, avoiding going out eating, or avoiding eating food prepared by other people. Also, being just really, really buried in food research, refusing to eat a broad range of foods, So, for example, avoiding foods like things with preservatives, gluten, or sugar just because it doesn't seem healthy, quote-unquote, or dairy. And then also being very critical of other people's food choices. And as I was saying, in 2020 was when I started diving into the world of wellness. So I started learning a lot about food. I did my holistic health certification. I started that program. I started learning how to cook for myself. I started caring about my body. And I think that in a way, that was a good thing because I started shifting my relationship to food and exercise to something that was good for my health, right? Before, my relationship to food and exercise was tied to feelings of guilt and shame and almost punishment for eating, you know, when it came to exercise. And before, my relationship to food was more centered around emotions like guilt and shame and also just like deep restriction and this judgment, right? But then when it 
shifted and when I started focusing on wellness, I started focusing on, I want to take care of my body. I want to eat healthy food because I want to do something good for my body, not because I'm trying to shrink myself. And then with exercise, I started finding different ways of moving my body that just felt good to me and just made me happy and worked for me. And so I thought it was good, you know, but I started cutting out foods like, for example, gluten and dairy because I thought they were bad and I didn't have a medical reason to do that. I am not celiac. I, you know, am not lactose intolerant, but I cut them out anyway. And I also started experiencing some of these symptoms. Like I was very critical of what my family members were eating. I started making my own food that was separate from what they were going to eat. And I was really afraid where I would just like avoid eating food that was prepared by other people. When I went out to eat, I felt very restricted with my choices at restaurants, with the menus, all of that. And overall, I just started experiencing a lot of anxiety around food quality and that ended up leading me to this unhealthy relationship with food again in this orthorexia kind of way and it wasn't as bad or as hard on my mental health as the other two experiences I had were but it was still something I went through and the funny thing was that when I started the Carolina lifestyle back in May of 2020 I was doing the 75 hard challenge which is a very restrictive challenge. It's two workouts a day. You have to pick a way of eating and stick to it. And I chose food combining because I was trying to heal my gut, quote unquote, because that's what food combining is like labeled as being good for. But in truth, food combining is actually really harmful for your blood sugar levels because you aren't able to eat balanced meals of all the food groups. So I still was just learning a lot. And I was learning through trial and error and I was also sharing my journey online for the first time and so you know I was really diving into this world of wellness and I think I was also healing and I was evolving in my relationship with food but it also wasn't perfect and it was very non-linear and that was another experience of growth for me and so for a while I felt a little bit of this restriction but it was working for me I was like feeling healthier overall I was feeling more vibrant I think Being in lockdown was a huge up level in my life. Personally, I, for the first time ever, slowed down and learned to tune in with myself. And so there was a lot of healing that was going on. I was finding more peace with my body. But I also, because of the 75 hard challenge, I lost a lot of weight. And so I was in a little bit of a smaller body frame at the time. And I was feeling more confident. But I was also doing the inner work. I was doing affirmations. I was showing myself love towards my mind and I was healing my sense of self-worth and confidence but I do think that I felt more confident because I was also in the smaller body frame at the time and I had lost some weight unintentionally like when I went into the 75 hard challenge I wasn't really intending on I'm doing this to lose weight but it just kind of happened as a result of the challenge but the way this, this challenge is structured is not sustainable like it's not sustainable to do two workouts a day every day It's not sustainable to do food combining. It's not sustainable to treat your body in that way. And so, of course, when the challenge ended and I kind of went back to a little bit of a more normal routine, I had to figure out what a normal routine was. Because in this process of embodying more wellness and taking better care of my body, I was doing it in a challenge setting. So it wasn't in a normal day-to-day setting. It taught me discipline. It taught me persistence, perseverance. It taught me self-care but it did not teach me sustainability. So that was something I had to learn 
after the challenge ended, which was in like September of 2020. And so that was a period of time when I was learning that. And then in March of 2021, I actually ended up going back to my college campus to finish off my senior year in person because I was doing virtual school from Florida for pretty much all of my senior year except those last two months. So I get back to Penn and I'm in the college campus. I'm like acclimating back to social life. And I was back in an environment where previous Carolina had struggled with all those other things that I mentioned. So I had to kind of figure out how do I integrate into this environment as this new version of myself, as this more healed, more evolved version of Carolina. And so that was my learning. And then after that, I graduated and then I moved to New York City. And then I had to make new friends and settle into a new environment again and create new habits and routines. But I didn't really have habits and routines because when I got back to Penn, I lost touch with a lot of the habits that I had created in quarantine. And my focus was more so like adapting to post-pandemic life. It was figuring out my social life. It was figuring out how to take care of myself in this new environment in this quote-unquote new normal so there was a lot of instability in my life in 2021 in between graduating I also moved houses in Florida my family moved houses and then traveling in the summer of 2021 and then moving to New York a lot was happening I also went off of birth control right around March April of 2021 so when I went back to Penn I decided to go off of birth control at that time so there was a lot of change. 2021 for me was like change after change after change and a lot of adapting. And so I felt a little bit disconnected from these healthy habits and routines. And I still was, as I said, living in this little bit orthorexic pattern where I was still not eating dairy. I was still not eating gluten. I remember I went on a hiking trip in the summer of 2021 before I moved to New York and we were in the middle of nowhere, like in the middle of Moab in hiking and there were no restaurants like and we would have to go and make sandwiches to take to the hike and like my parents would make just like ham and cheese sandwiches and I would have to like smash chickpeas on bread and like do all these things where I was afraid of letting go of that control and I was still again I was more recovered than before but I was not totally there yet. And so come end of 2021, I also did a little detox moment, like a sober curious moment where I didn't drink for five months. So between September of 2021 into 2022, January. And then I also did a social media detox between December and January of 2021, 2022. So that fall was, again, this reconnection to myself, a deepening of my spiritual awakening, and a re-attuning to who I am and what I want for myself, what is, what do I want to change, etc. But as an overall period of my life, it was a little bit darker. I was struggling a little bit with my mental health, with just everything. I was also long distance. It just like was a tough time. So after that social media detox, come 2022, I move apartments in New York. I move in with Pedro, my boyfriend, and I kind of felt my spark come back online. And I felt more connected again to my content. I felt inspired by my new space. I felt just invigorated. And I also 
made the choice to reintroduce alcohol into my life at that time. And over time, I don't remember a specific moment where this happened, but I just kind of decided, you know what? I'm going to stop restricting gluten and dairy. I don't have a reason to do that. And so I did. And it was so freeing to do that. And eventually, I also dove even deeper into my relationship with my body because I started doing my hormone health healing. So I started healing my body when it came down to my cycle. I wanted to be able to really cycle sync, so I started learning a lot about that, how to track my cycle. My cycle was very irregular at the time, so I started doing acupuncture. I started just diving deeper into how does my cycle work? How can I support my body? How can I support this part of my body that allows me to bring life into this world and connecting to my womanly body? And after going off of birth control, my body definitely changed. My bone structure changed a little bit. I noticed my body got more womanly. My curves became more accentuated. And throughout 2022, between letting go of some of these food rules, starting to take care of my cycle, I also remember, you know, as I started going to these acupuncturists, they started asking me, do you eat animal meat in general? And at that time, I was only eating fish and my cycle was very irregular. And so they recommended for me to introduce bone broth. So I started doing that. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I'm Brazilian. I kind of want to eat meat. Why don't I just reintroduce it and see how I feel? And I did. And I do think that acupuncture and eating red meat were two of the biggest things that helped me heal my irregular cycle, as well as eating balanced meals and just improving my sleep and a few other things. But again, another food rule that I had that I let go of. And I started finding this freedom through these choices, through the ability of eating dairy if I want, or eating meat if I want, and eating a bowl of really delicious pasta if I want. And that was when I started healing even more. And also, because I gained a little bit of weight after being in a kind of not very consistent habit lifestyle in between moving to New York and then traveling a lot this year, that weight gain pushed my healing next level deeper because I had to realize and remember that I have to accept my body in every stage, in every shape. And it had to realize that confidence isn't based off of how you look like, right? I was saying when I lost the weight because of the 75 hard challenge, I was feeling really confident. But I also think that back then, that confidence was kind of rooted in the fact that I was in a smaller body. And through gaining weight and learning to love my body from a different place, from a place of, wow, in this weight and without these restrictions in my life, I have a healthy cycle. I have a regular cycle. I am healthy. And sometimes when your body is in a a little bit of a heavier weight, that might be your healthiest body. Even if you're curvier, even if your body looks different than the ideals were presented, maybe that's your healthiest body. Maybe that's the body where you're mental health and your physical health and your hormonal health are at their best and that is so amazing and so powerful it was such a powerful realization for me to have and so that was a lot of 2022 for me 
you know, navigating, gaining a little bit of weight and not having a routine at all because I was traveling pretty much every year up until the end of the summer. Navigating that, navigating healing my hormones and my irregular cycle, navigating embracing my body as my vessel, as what carries me through this human life and as what allows me to bring life into this world in the future and connecting to my body from this feminine energy perspective too, you know, connecting to my cycle, connecting to the moon phases, connecting to my ability to have a monthly period. All of that together has led me to now. And after coming back from Brazil over the summer, I started to be connecting with movement as well. And that was a really powerful thing too because I started to realize how movement helps my mental health more than anything else. When I move consistently, when I'm going to the gym at least like five times a week, I show up so much better in my day-to-day. I have so much more energy to go through my day. My mood is a million times better. And so that was a big change for me in this year. So if I could summarize, I feel like 2020 was learning how to be self-aware, how to identify the labels I carried around food, doing the emotional and the mental health healing, getting help, like true help for my mind, for my body and soul, and also navigating this orthorexia experience. And then 2021 was navigating a lot of change, reintroducing social life and losing myself to find myself again. And also going off of the pill and experiencing some changes in my environments, in my social life and navigating all of that too. And then 2022 was when I truly had to navigate healing my relationship to my body as it comes down to my cycle. So healing my cycle and in tandem, healing my relationship to my body as my vessel that allows me to live a human experience as a soul. It was also navigating not having a routine for eight months and gaining a little bit of weight to find my confidence and to feel confident regardless of my weight, regardless of my physical appearance, to learn to love myself in every shape and learning to love my curves, my curvier body. And then also learning to nourish myself without labels, without restrictions, without cutting out food groups, without needing to cut out food groups. I know some people are actually lactose intolerant or celiac and you have to, but also figuring out like which of the two affects you more. Like for example, for me, learning that gluten affects me a little bit more. And so maybe cutting back on that a little bit more than on the other stuff. So deepening my self-awareness even further and then reintroducing movement for my mental health and learning to love my body and work with my body as it is. I realized that I'm a petite woman and I'm short. And so I have a different metabolism. I have a different body type than other women. There's no way for me to be five inches taller. There's no way for me to be five eight, five nine, five ten, whatever. I am five three. And that is a part of my body shape. I'm petite, I'm curvy. Like just accepting what is, accepting the way my body naturally is and working with my body to be my healthiest self by accepting it. And so that's kind of what the journey has been like for me. 
And I feel like I'm in a really good place to record this episode because as I've said, I have this deep self-awareness of how non-linear the journey has been. There has been a lot of more than I've been able to talk through in this episode. There's been, you know, different triggers that have come up along the way. Growth is very non-linear. It's more like a wave. And every trough, every bottom, every low is just an opportunity to reconnect with yourself and to grow even more and to continue evolving in your healing journey. And hopefully if you're struggling, this episode reminds you that you're not alone, that healing is worth it, and that working through your own blocks when it comes to food, exercise, body image, perfectionism, self awareness all of these working through your own blocks is magical and it's so powerful and worth it it might feel hard at first to get out of that denial if you're still very deep into it but if you're further down your healing journey also remembering that it's worthwhile to continue going down that journey and that you're never alone my dms are always open if you need someone to talk to If you're looking for support, there's so much out there. And I am just such an advocate for us all to continue working through this because I do believe that a lot, a lot, a lot, like most women struggle with this stuff in some shape or form. And all of our experiences are different and unique in their own ways. But ultimately, it's really just about learning to love yourself, learning to accept the way your body is, learning to love your body for what it does for you, not what it looks like, realizing that your worth is not tied to how you look like, and that your body is actually the least interesting thing about you. It's about letting go of the expectations that we think society or other people or our families have on us and the ways they expect us to be, the ways they expect us to look like as women, Letting go of all of that and tuning into what you want to be, who you want to be, your essence, that is where your worth lies, not in your body, not in your appearance, and that you are worthy of eating food, you're worthy of experiences, you're worthy of fun, you're worthy of your own love, you're worthy of your own acceptance, you're worthy of just being who you are to the fullest. And you're worthy of freedom. You're worthy of living your best life. And also remembering that sometimes if you gained a little bit of weight and you feel healthier and your period is regular and your body just feels better, maybe that's just your happy weight. And that's a good thing. And if people judge you for gaining weight, that's just a reflection of the beliefs that they have and the way they think about their own bodies. And so that was me getting a little fired up about all of this but thank you for listening if you stayed until the end i love you so much please let me know how you liked this episode and if it helped you in any way i am super happy i recorded this because as i said it's been a long time coming and sharing my story has been really powerful also knowing that as i've shown up as a content creator i have been healing along the way and i have been going through the non-linear path of healing along the way and you guys have been with me You know, if you're someone who's followed me since 2020, you've witnessed this. You've been there along the journey with me and we're going through this together. It makes me so happy to receive messages from you guys when you share how I've been able to help you and just like getting to know that 
the content that I'm sharing is helping at least one person out there. It means a lot to me. And I'm really grateful for this community. And I'm really grateful that we are all as women evolving in our relationship to ourselves and finding this healing and finding this self-empowerment, which is so important. And so I love you so much. Thank you for being a part of the Inner Groove Collective and for tuning into the podcast. Here's to our inevitable growth. And I'm just so proud of you for navigating your own journey, for listening to this podcast, for learning, for finding self-compassion, and for just growing overall as a person. We're all growing, and I'm really proud of you no matter what stage of your journey you are when it comes to your relationship to your body you're in the process you're in the journey and even if it feels like to you like there's still so much more to learn there's still so much healing to come there's still so much more evolution to take place you are in the journey regardless and every step of the way has led you to this moment and is going to be a step that you're going to look back on just like i was able to recount to you guys all the different parts of my journey that have led to this moment, you're also in your own journey. You're also in your own process of healing and of finding this empowerment and it's all beautiful and you can choose to look at it that way. So hopefully that's a little mindset shift you can take with you through the rest of your day. Once again, thank you for listening. I will see you guys next week for more episodes. In case you guys didn't notice, we are actually shifting to two episodes a week which I'm really excited about. We're going to be doing guest episodes on Mondays and solo episodes on Thursdays. So do let me know what episodes you guys want to see. I love getting any suggestions or recommendations from you guys on things you want me to touch on. So please do let me know. And if you are enjoying the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you hit the subscribe button on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you can be notified of new episodes. Make sure you check the little button that has a little bell so you'll receive a notification once episodes are live. And if you have grown from this podcast, if you've enjoyed it, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to me. And it's such a cool way for you to support the podcast and to show the ways it affected you or helped you. So I can get some feedback too and see how I'm doing. (laughs) So once again, love you. I will see you next week. And before then, I hope you remember to water yourself and we'll chat soon. Bye for now. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.